Yes. Everybody talk about it outdoors live in the Wilson studio. I am your host, Alex DeBoard, and as always, over here to my right, I got my main man, Nick Wilson, sitting in with me, sitting pretty and getting ready to kick this one off. It's been a minute since we've been here. We might have forgot how to do it, but I doubt we forgot how to talk about it. Y'all stick with us and stay tuned. We got a good one for you. Nicholas, where in the world have you been, son? We've been missing in action, MIA, since the last time we talked. You've done went to Maine. You've done been all over the place, running around the country, chasing turkeys. Where where have you been? What's well, new? No turkeys for me, but I did have to go. Um, I did have to get my tool belt back on and go build some decks this weekend. Man, that seems like all we do anymore in off season is honeydews and build stuff and. And so, how was your trip to Maine? Was it good? Just quick recap. Anybody can watch the video on YouTube of it? Awesome trip, man. Um, great hospitality from those guys up there that we were introduced to. And um, no birds. Could have shot some on the first day, but we were – the way the property lines and stuff were, it didn't work out for us. Well, I'm sure you and Blaine had an amazing trip. Awesome time. I know looking at the video, if you hadn't watched it, go over to YouTube, check it out. You can see the uh, all the action that they had and the lack thereof, but it was a great one to watch, and, and I'm – I'm proud to see y'all did that this year, South Dakota and Maine in one year. Hey, you tagged out in Georgia, but you might have got the old goose egg everywhere else. You <laughs> probably okay. eat all them tags up there. That's okay. Well, um, uh, that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> you, don't, you ain't got nothing <laughs> else to say. What else am I going to say? <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad you had a good time. Without further ado, I don't want to drag this one out too far because she might get bored or she might might burn her turkey legs. She done told us she had them on the stove cooking. Miss <laughs> Courtney Conring, welcome to Talk About It Outdoors. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. So, How many turkeys have you killed this year? I'll go ahead and get that one out of the way real quick. Oh, man. I don't know. I, 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 killed, a, I killed three in Alabama. So it was a, it, I feel snobby saying this, but I killed three in Alabama, and I've done four in the years past. So I felt, you know, a little bit slighted on that. Not slighted, but maybe like I didn't do my best this year. But it's just how it went. But killed three in Alabama and a couple in a couple other different states. I think I've got. I don't know, maybe eight this uh, season. So not not too, too many. <laughs> well, for anyone that doesn't know who you are and what you do as far as the hunting industry goes, and for anyone who doesn't know, you're missing out on a big thing, and we can't wait for our listeners out there to go over to YouTube and check out what you've been doing. But tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you doing these days? What Are you on any shows by chance, or is there somebody yeah. out there that you might hunt with? <laughs> yeah, I'm on this little show. It's called the Sinhody Project. Uh, we do. I'm Dave Owen's girlfriend. It's kind of funny saying that, too, because we joke about it all the time. We've been together for nine years, and so it's like, what do you call somebody you've been with for nine years? But married. You don't like <laughs> yeah, <them>? married. <laughs> right. You, you, you call, life partner. You might, yeah. I don't know what you call them. You might need to get your head checked putting up with Dave for that long. I <laughs> know. Oh, no kidding. But yeah, I hunt with Dave on the Penhody Project, and uh, I'm, I'm they, you know, try to stay afloat with him as best I can. So, But you grew up right here in Georgia, yeah? Yeah, I did. Um, I grew up in Rockmart, Georgia. So it's a, it's a little town right on the, I guess, the west side of the state, right there near, across the line from Lake Wife and stuff in Alabama. But um, always involved in the outdoors growing up. I, I tell people all the time, I was 
hunting before I even knew I was hunting. I don't remember my life without hunting and guns in it. Um, but anyway, I grew up doing that, everything from deer, hog, dove, a uh, little bit of turkey. Um, my dad was, he, he didn't, I was a chatty little girl. And I was a wiggly little girl, and I feel like I've just learned to calm that down a little bit. But I did um, grow up hunting a little bit with him doing turkey as well. So, do you? Um, so that's a little bit about me. Do you remember what your first animal that you take that you took was? Uh, I'd have to say the one, the first one I remember taking was a deer. But I don't have that good of a memory when I was younger, and I know that I took a lot of things with a chipmunk twenty two and a little snake charmer four ten before that, because my dad was we were a bit reckless in terms of what a lot of other people probably would consider being <laughs> good with kids. But I I know that I've at least shot squirrels and rabbits before that, and it was just dove. We had dove that would come and light on power lines right there near our house and we luckily lived out in the country and daddy'd like hold the gun get it all held up for me and stuff so first one i remembered was a deer but i i shot a bunch of things i probably shouldn't have that i didn't know how to appreciate yet when i was really you grew up out in the country it's a little bit of uh picking pick and choose what you want to I know it's fun when you're growing up like that out in the woods because we did. Nick and I both were, were fortunate and blessed enough to grow I up know. hunting like that. How many siblings do you have, Courtney? I got two little sisters, and two. so I, I tagged them along for everything we did too. So they they just got to be a part of it. So, so your dad your dad not having any any boys, he t- he drove the girls around to the outdoors. Oh yeah, absolutely. We, we laugh because we all three have boy nicknames, so we know what he really wanted. We know he wanted a boy, <laughs> but he just ended up giving, you know, getting three girls, three stripes. He was out. Mama wouldn't have no more. So, now is your, um, is your dad, ahead. is your dad still with us? Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah do you you get is. to hunt with him all still? No, not as much as I'd like to, but we definitely try to make a trip together, you know, every once in a while. And, uh, Next year, we're planning a turkey trip together. He lives on the other side of the country right now. Um, so he, he's always done lineman work, and he recently retired from the power company, and he started doing work elsewhere, doing contract and stuff. He's currently stationed out in California doing that kind of work. So That's pretty cool. Gets to travel the yep. country. He'll, he'll have all kinds of spots for you to hunt next. <laughs> well, that's kind of the game plan is he's already, he, every once in a while he'll call and he'll be like, hey, look, I talked to this guy because he's working all these like real remote transmission line areas. And he's like, I talked to this guy and he only has one guy that hunts all these acres. And so I think we need to try to make a trip out here next year. I'm like, okay, daddy, whatever you want to do. So, um, but the most recent trip we did together, uh, I think the last one we did together was we hunted cranes in Texas. So. You hunted cranes? Sandhill cranes, yep. Oh, wow. Is that as good as what they say it is? I've heard that's a rib eye of the sky. That's what I heard. <laughs> it is incredible. And I was really fortunate because out in Texas, you can kill three per day. And their season runs from like mid, from the 1st of November till mid-January-ish. And, I mean, there's just, so many birds overwinter in Texas. I think there's like close to 90,000 birds that overwinter in Texas. Wow. And so it was just, yeah, long story short, it's delicious. And I got spoiled on it living out there. Um, 
definitely tastes like a ribeye. And I've got some pictures on my Instagram that of where I've cooked crane and shared it with folks. So. Yeah, and that's that's pretty cool to go because we see them fly over here in Georgia, and everybody thinks that they see geese flying over all the time. They're like, "Oh, there's yeah. a flock of geese," and I'm like, "Look at look through that scope you got in your hand on that rifle and see them long legs. Ain't no geese got legs yep. that long." Yep, exactly, and that's one of the main ways we always tell people when they're looking at them, and you know, if they're if they're planning to hunt, like new hunters and stuff, you need to be looking for those legs for sure. So, do you just breast those out and I guess grill them? Yep, you can breast them out and grill them. What I've learned uh, in the past few years is I really like doing them on the cast iron. I'll just heat that cast iron up real hot. You cut the steak up, like the breast up, in a way that it kind of levels it, makes it the, a uniform thickness across the board. And um, anyway, sear it on the cast iron, throw it in the oven for 7 to 10 minutes, just depending on how thick the breast is. And I usually do a mix of mores. It's kind of like a, a Dale seasoning ish. Oh, we know what mores is. Yeah, that's our favorite. <laughs> okay, good, good. And then Angelo's seasoning. I don't know if y'all y'all are, y'all are from the south. Y'all probably been to Angelo's. That's my favorite steakhouse in the world. Steakhouse he's ever been. Yeah, and so we'll put that, and then uh, cook it in the cast iron with some hot butter, and then throw it in the oven for seven to ten minutes. I mean, you can't beat it. It is. It Dave doesn't like duck, and he don't like geese, but he loves some frame meat. So. I don't like. I don't, I don't like, like duck, duck either. either. I ate some duck burger yeah. one time. It was awful. I wouldn't fed it to my dog. <laughs> But yeah, I I like duck, but I've learned how to cook it a little bit better. Dave doesn't like duck anymore because he's just he's got he's got plenty of turkey to eat, eat, you know. So he's over here just always wanting turkey over duck. Well, so. well, why why you're on the subject of it? How many different recipes do you have for for turkey? <laughs> probably right on cookbook. Oh yeah, I mean it. it honestly, I, I I lack creativity in the kitchen, but what I do is I just use recipes that I ate growing up, and I substitute chicken for turkey in them, and um, that's about it. So I got I have multiple ways that I fry it because you know us down here that's how we eat everything. That's People right. always laugh about what's your favorite way to cook it fried that's like, right. <laughs> fried turkey nugget. Um, but that and then like the legs, we usually do a crock pot for nine hours on low with a lock and lid. I've learned the hard way that if you don't have that lock and lid, it kind of puts that pressure on it. Takes a lot longer, but do that once those are cooked down. I mean, you can put all kinds of stuff in that. I usually do Mexican dishes with the legs or a turkey salad, just like chicken salad. Um, I hope Dave's yeah, listening so. to you talk about all this so he can figure out how he's going to fix that for you tonight. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, I already made him come into the kitchen and coach him. I'm like, okay, look, I know that this might take a little bit, and I'm going to be hungry when it's over. I'm going to need you to step it up and do this, this, and this. So he's got a to-do list after he finishes his outdoor chores. So. Now, let me ask this, and I've been thinking about it. As much as you guys travel around the country hunting throughout seasons and everything else, do you do you find it hard to to eat out, or, or you get tired of eating out? I'm sure at, at restaurants and stuff. Do you find it hard to you know find something good to eat when you're on the road like that? I always wondered if anybody, and I've been wanting to ask that of people. No, okay. So here's a funny thing people don't know about Dave. They could probably tell by looking at him from the beginning of his season to the end. That Joker don't eat. He gets on tur- turkeys on his mind, and he hardly ever eats. But then when I come on the road. I'm the type that gets hangry and I got to eat. So I've already lined up for wherever we're going. 
I go to the effort of looking up on TripAdvisor what has some of the best places to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and I have them lined up, ready to go in the event that we are successful and get to go eat, eat out somewhere. But usually we just snack on stuff in the truck, um, and that's what keeps us going. And it's anything from deviled ham and spam to uh, <laughs> she- just sandwiches and stuff like that you so. sure you didn't grow up in Wallace over here with us you sound, <laughs> yeah, like, right. you sound like you're right here with us you, oh, do, you do keep uh you do like to keep some snacks out there we've all seen um yeah i, I tell people all the time that my turkey vest is mostly snacks mine too so my, my deer i have a couple too. of calls but mostly <laughs> snacks so. mine too now courtney let me ask you this so you you You've had a, an amazing career start in the last few years, especially with your turkey hunting. Is it your favorite game to chase, or is it, you know, go back to when you was hunting with your dad as a kid chasing deer? Is it, is it turkey the best one for you? It is. Um, I'd say turkeys are my number one favorite. And I I hate to give him too much credit on this, but I, Dave is to blame for that because, like I said, my dad didn't want to take me too much on the turkey stuff because he really – just, I wasn't I wasn't ready for it I don't guess but um, now it's very much turkeys and I kind of got a hierarchy of all the things I like to hunt and it goes turkeys cranes ducks and geese and then all the rest of it follows after that I still like to rabbit hunt and squirrel hunt a little and deer I wish it did what it used to for me but it just doesn't anymore. I go a couple times. You know, it's not that I go a couple times. I kill a couple deer a year. But I usually just meat hunt because um, I haven't, once again, goes back to being spoiled. I got to deer hunt a lot in Kansas and Virginia growing up. So I've killed a lot of really big deer. And I guess that me hunting in Alabama on public land almost exclusively, I know that those aren't very likely so i mostly just meet hunt deer now you kind of ruined it for you early on getting to go to kansas that's that's my dream state that's where i want to wind up one of these days for sure yeah yeah and it i say that and it sounds like i was a little brat getting to go to all these different places but it was it was incredible um my dad just really valued hunting over everything else and so if we were going on trips it was either to panama city in the summertime or we were going hunting somewhere and uh Ain't he, wrong with that. he put yeah i know it it was it was it was so, great getting to do that growing up so so you had been traveling out of state hunting for for a long time even before turkey hunting come and play yep for sure for sure yep. and, and that was he, and that was because your dad enjoyed the hunting aspect or because he was working out of town uh mostly because he were, enjoyed the hunting aspect yeah, and, yeah. and i i can't go on and talk about my dad too much without saying including my uncle in the mix his brother was a marine sniper and he built guns he built rifles when he came back and he knew people from all over the country from his time in the military and so we usually ended up getting to go places because my uncle knew people and um so yeah that's that's kind of how daddy liked to hang out with me and his brother so we ended up going on trips all together that's awesome. Well, thank thankful to your uncle for his service, especially and definitely getting you out there into the into the great unknown. If you grew up in Georgia and you hunted deer here, you know how hard it was. And when you get to go to yeah. a place like Kansas, take us there. What was your first experience going out of the out of the state uh, hunting? Where did you go first? Um, I guess are you talking about when I was younger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, the one I remember the most is I was 10 years old. It was my first trip to Kansas. I was, I've never been anywhere with that much wind and freezing rain and snow because the, I haven't been in a long time, but back then the rifle season was like the first 10 days of December. And I'm not sure if it still is or not, but it was then. And so it was really cold, especially a little Georgia girl. You know, we're running around in T-shirts still on Christmas Day sometimes. And we go out there, and I'm in ill-fitting camouflage because back then they didn't – it was just like that polyfill. You know, you'd get something oh, from yeah. <laughs> Walmart. It was just, you know, it was what it was. Um, you got what fit – I mean, what, what what they had, not what fit and what was effective. But we go out there, and uh, I remember – this. It, it sounds like traumatic, but I remember sitting out thinking i'm gonna die out here because i had never been that cold before and uh we finally get up on a deer we had to run and crawl and walk all these, i mean because you're stalking those deer out there it's so big open and flat you'll see them like a mile out and then you know run out and go try to do your thing get the ground and on some of those ridges and hills and go uh not really ridges but hills and try to catch up on them but get out there to this deer great deer um and i've get set up on the gun we had bipods on the gun and everything and it was very stable but i wasn't i was like i said 10 there's a bunch of grass and i just remember sitting there shaking and shaking and shaking i told my daddy i said i don't think i can do it and he's like i think you can i think you just need to calm down or whatever and i was like no daddy i don't want to hurt him like i i want i i just don't think i can do it. i think i can stop shaking and he's like well you want me to kill him and I said, yeah, I want you to kill him. So then daddy goes and he, he eats the deer and we go and get it. And so that was my first out-of-state experience. And with the deer is actually, I have it in my house just because it was kind of a big deal for me um, then. And he gave it to me and I got older, the mount and stuff. So it's a long story, but that, that's when, that was my first out-of-state experience. So. Oh, them long stories like that are the ones that stick with you the most and we always say on yeah. here, mount the memories, and you can look at that that mount every time you're you're in your house and you see it. And I'm sure you go right back to that moment with your dad, and I'm I'm sure your uncle may have been there with you as well at the time. And yep, yep, yep. He was he and his buddy he was in the Marines with were on a different spot there, but I mean he was ecstatic when we came back, and um, Daddy wanted me to lie and tell everybody that I killed the deer. So I did for a little while, joking, <laughs> and then you know from then on they knew what had happened. But uh, it was it was a great hunt, and I love those people. It's all the people I got to hunt with out there. Even the, the guy that let us come out to their place in Kansas, and his wife and their family has always just been real important to me for letting me have those experiences out there. So, are y'all still traveling um, to different states? deer hunting at, at all nowadays no uh i haven't I, I mean i'll go back to georgia and deer hunt every now and again but i hadn't in a while i've i've considered doing it um but it's been i've got cousins and family I, I will say i go to texas pretty regularly my dad and uh, uncle's side of the family is all from texas and so i do go over there some uh it's just different it's not it's not as wild to me as as hunting Kansas was or hunting Virginia was, but um, we do go over there and hunt some. So, was that your cousin that you killed those birds with in uh, Texas this year? No, I didn't. I, I hunted his place 
he he wasn't with me on the hunt, but I hunted his place on the Jake that I accidentally shot. Um, and okay. then I didn't other, know it was a Jake. Well, yeah, one of them was the first bird I killed was a Jake on um, accident. Which I mean, if you've hunted Rios, I went from an Alabama season where it really lacked gobbling this year, like we just did not have a ton of gobbling going on. Um, to running out to Texas, Rio's, and I got trigger happy and had a hard goblin drumming turkey, and he stuck his head up, and I had that shot, and I took it, <laughs> and it was a Jake, and it's—I mean—but that's a Rio for you, you know, like I, that's what they do, like they're all of them gobble like crazy usually. So, well, that's what that's we went down to we went down to the KT um on the last weekend of turkey season. That's what Jason was talking about how how much fun he had, how hard they gobbled they. He basically was able to call them all the way to the gun barrel, and and I guess that was yeah. his first time. Which I've never been out there. I've never hunted a Rio, but I've heard the same thing. Do you do you enjoy hunting the Rios? Oh yeah, absolutely. And like those other birds we got to kill out there, I I killed both of mine alone out here, and it was just I was in the Panhandle of Texas, and much like Kansas, it's about as wide open as the eye can see, and it is. I think a lot of it is the scenery and the hard goblin turkeys. It it's just which it is anywhere, you know. Um, but I the feeling you feel when it's just you, that bird, in this wide open landscape, it's just there's something really, really special about it. And growing up we went to Texas every summer visiting family and stuff, so it's important for me. It's it's like going back home to Georgia and hunt. It's just going home to go out there and do a little hunting, so what were those birds out there in Texas roosting on? Um, post. <laughs> yeah, KT, yeah. KT basically. said all the one they seen was on power uh, power poles and power lines. Yeah, I listened to their podcast with y'all, and I was cracking up at that because that's very much a, a, a Rio thing to do, just be goofy. Like, they'll be roosted on barn rafters and people, you know, back tractor sheds and stuff. But really? These birds, uh, yeah, in some places. Um, but these birds are, they all, both of these properties, we were fortunate enough this go round to go out and hunt properties that have a river in them. And it ain't the river we think about when we think of a river. It's like a trickling little ditch of water. But nevertheless, it's got decent size, like 80 foot, 60, 80 foot tall cottonwoods on it. And they were roosted in those cottonwoods. If you listen to that podcast we did with KT and them, did you hear Mr. Bobby tell that story about uh, holding that turkey in his mouth? <laughs> I don't know if I got it. I was listening to it right before I got out of the truck coming home from work today. I don't think I got it. Mr. George is still talking. Oh, was, you need to. Hey, yeah. wait till the end. <laughs> you got to listen, finish really? that one. Yeah. You got it, to hear Mr. Bobby tell that story about that first turkey he got when he, after he'd got hurt. Yeah. KT like, even said he had never heard that story. So, it's that's awesome it's a it's, it's awesome. a good one but well, tell i'm glad y'all got to meet those guys they're incredible people i mean it's it's something spiritual when you go and hang out with them it was an emotional uh spiritual enlightening journey for for nick myself and cody and his son actually went with us down there and for us to have been fortunate enough when we go right back to to you know thanking Dave, through the partnership that he was able to to bond with them and then getting us involved with KT and, and everybody there. I know Nick talks to KT weekly now, and it's it's become a relationship mm-hmm. and a friendship that we're hoping to build on for the future because you are exactly right. It is a it is a spiritual experience being around those guys. Yep. Jason's yep. always smiling. doesn't matter. From the time we pulled oh, up, yeah. from the time we left out from down there, he was smiling. 
Yep. We'd be at that NWTF show and we shared a booth with them last year and the year before. And it, it's funny because like you're done at the end of the day and you're so exhausted because you've spent so much time talking and, you know, shaking hands and for us people who live out in the country by ourselves, that's a lot of stimulation for one day. But then you got Jason over there at the end of the night and just grinning from ear to ear, talking to folks still, whatever. And it's just like, man, he's, he's something to admire for sure he is a great guy it is when i when we me and alex were fortunate enough to go hunting with him that last morning and we were sitting there in that blind that they had built and i got up on my knees and was like right there basically next to him kind of almost eye to eye and the turkeys were talking or whatever and he would the crows would come over and 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 make noise and he would kind of under his breath give a gobble and i was like man this guy is very very passionate about it so it was it was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. hunting with him but mm-hmm. yeah. um, tell us, I want to get into the Arizona trip. If if you can talk okay. about it a little bit, I know you put a little bit on Facebook. I know you put the pictures on there. I know you don't have to go into full details. Cause I know, I don't think you guys dropped that episode yet, but how was it walking across that cliff? Oh man. So a <laughs> little bit story. I am perfectly fine with, pretty much any height if I am like strapped into something. So I've done roller coasters. I've done parasol. I've done all these things. When I see things like that, my legs just give out from under me. And um, I've seen the Grand Canyon before when I was in grad school. We gone out there for a trip and for a conference and I ended up seeing it then. At the same time, then I had like a little fence thing in front of me and it still did the same thing. I, we got there hour before golden hour to kind of get me hyped up to get out there because they knew that I wasn't going to be all for it um and I walked through the brush to get to the spot to where I can even see that peak that y'all see in the photo and as soon as I come to the brush and see the Grand Canyon I sit down nope. <laughs> I like just drop <laughs> so I dropped to the ground let's paint so, a picture real quick you you took a bird earlier that day correct I took a bird early that morning, and it, it, I mean, it was freezing out for for that time of year, for sure, to me, um, freezing out, but a great hunt, uh, and, and so, yes, we, we had done days with a little bit of editing at a, at a cafe, and then we went on down to uh, the area where we were going to take pictures at. So. Right, and then you mm-hmm. guys got out there on that ledge, and the whole time, Dave's trying to get you to for the best mm-hmm. pictures, correct? He's trying to get you over there. I'm, I'm guessing it's more like a like a trail across a saddle almost, correct? It is. It's, that's exactly what it is. It's a trail across a saddle. So I drop to the ground. I'm not about it. I go back and get myself composed. We come back out a little while later, and Dave goes out there and watch him go out. He said, just watch me. And he goes out there, and he gets to the end. And I, I can kind of handle the walking because on one side, if you're walking across that saddle, one side is like a cliff face and the other side is kind of a gentle slope, but it is a long way down that gentle slope. Right. And so if you were to fall, you're going to probably fall and break a couple bones, maybe and roll just a little bit for a juniper or something catches you. But on the other side, it's like you're going down. So I watch him go over there and I yell at him. There's other people there like trying to enjoy their evening. And I'm like, I ain't doing that. Um, and he's like, I know, I know, whatever. Well, I do it. So I go out there and he's following me, walking the whole way. 
and just saying, or he, he was actually leading the way. He comes back and gets me, and we, he leads the way out there. He said, just don't look down. Well, you're on like rocks and stuff, <laughs> so you can't not look down. And so I just try not to look off to my left of where it was and get over there to it. And there's this little part that you have to actually like climb. It's not you walking anymore. It's climbing. And that's where I got lost. I got halfway up that little climb and I just broke down in tears. And like I had already prayed earlier that <laughs> God would just give me the strength. And like I have these Bible verses playing in my head about being afraid of stuff. And like it's just like I'm trying my best to get through this. Um, and Dave goes to kind of get me pushed up on the rock. And then that's when like the the praying in my mind ceases and I start cussing him a little bit. Like, just give me a minute, you know, like I, you're going to have to, I'm trying to balance this man. Like, give me a second. And so anyway, I get, and, and he's, up uh, on the, sorry, real quick. He's toting the Turkey, correct? He is toting the Turkey. Cause I was not <laughs> another thing that's funny about out there is the wind. And so that Turkey, I'm just sitting here thinking that Turkey's about to be like a cat and take my little self floating <laughs> off. <laughs> because, you know, when those turkeys pitch their wings, they're gone. And I was like, uh-uh. So anyway, he's toting the turkey out there. And he sets me, kind of gets me and helps set me up on that rock. And he wanted me to stand. I said, if my legs ain't going to work to stand, you're going to have to take it with me sitting down. This is as good as it's going to get. Um, so then that's when I finally get settled. I, I, a few tears were shed. Dave was sitting there going, I ain't going to let anything happen to you. Why would you think I'd let something happen to you? I'm like, it ain't about you right here. <laughs> I don't know. It was just me. And uh, now it's funny. It was terrible then. That, that's an absolutely beautiful picture. And if anybody's not seen it, they need to go They need to go check it out because that's, that's a stunning that, picture. That may be the cover picture for this episode. It'll I have to think, be. I don't think I've seen a prettier picture It'll of a turkey. I, I don't Thank even really you. like turkey pictures, and that one right there <laughs> made me want to go to the Grand Canyon. I wouldn't be out there either. Now. I've never seen the Grand Canyon, so well, I don't I, I don't know what it looks like. I went to Stone Mountain once, and it was pretty high. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 30 foot up thirty foot up in the lock-on, deer stand's pretty high to me, so I'm good. You yeah, 30 foot now. That might be an inch and three-quarter moment right there. That's a lot of feet <laughs> yeah. for you to go. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. Well, so let's let's go back a little bit, and, and I want you to tell me about the, I guess, when you started getting out into the public light and people started recognizing, you know, who you are and, and seeing you as a, as a, you know, a figment in the hunting community, what was that like for you? Because you grew up just out like we did, just an old country girl, and, and was it kind of weird seeing when people started recognizing you? It was definitely weird. Uh, and it made you realize that there's a lot more people who hunt that you don't. It's almost like when you go to Walmart, you see people and they're not wearing camouflage. So you really don't know if they hunt or not, but it kind of opened my eyes to how many hunters are out there, you know? And it, um, it was awkward. Definitely awkward. I didn't know what to say and it was awkward i mean you watch those first few episodes of the Kenhoji project i was on i was super awkward then like i had no idea what to do in front of a video camera but i think dave was a good role model for me in in, in that aspect and kind of how he handled people net noticing him and stuff and so i just kind of played along and learned and hopefully hopefully do a decent enough job and not make a fool of myself so oh you do a great job and that's why i asked the question because you know, for a lot of people that spend time in the woods, 
we're alone 99% of the time. I mean, if you're, if you're mm-hmm. a deer hunter, especially you're spending time out there by yourself. And when you're turkey hunting, you may have somebody that you hunt with as far as a hunting partner. But when you put yourself out there as a, as a public figure, and, and I'm considering you that because anybody that's watched you on the show and anybody that's seen you come up, you've made a name for yourself and what you've been able to accomplish and what you're doing. And it's, it's enlightening to me to see what you're able to do and how you're able to carry yourself and compose yourself in those moments when a camera's there on you. And I, I know that's got to be something that's, that's been a, a difference for you as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, um, like I said, it, and, and you kind of see it replay out when Dave brings new people onto the show. And like a lot of times they're real awkward and everything, but I think you just got to learn to be, it's, I think it's easier for people like me and Dave to do it because we're what you see is what you get with both of us for better, for worse. And I think it's imperative for the people in the hunting industry to be authentic and genuine. And I think when you aren't those things, if you're something different on your Instagram page or your, your YouTube channel or anything like that, than what you are in real life, then um, that's when you start getting yourself in trouble and people start seeing through it. Things Well, we're consistently bringing up the fact that we don't, we're never going to do anything with this podcast or any outlet that it leads to, whether it's videoing, hunting, spending time in the public where we're considered fake. Nick and I both have agreed from the beginning. Mm-hmm. We're never going to pitch products that we don't believe in. We're never going to tell someone, yep. you know, something that we don't wholeheartedly believe in. And I think that yep. attraction to yourself and Dave and anyone you guys spend time with is that because you are real. You're not a, you're not a made up person. You're not putting yourself out there to be a fake made up person. You're who you are and you're going to get it this way. And that's the only way you're going to get me. That's right. You, yep. got, you yep, guys are absolutely. touching, you guys are touching more people out there than you probably realize. I mean, I know you guys probably go to the NWTF. You probably see these people. Oh, I love your show. I love your show. They they buy the hats from you guys, the calls, mouth, you know, the uh, shirts, all this stuff. But for myself, speaking for myself, I wouldn't have went out of state this year if it wasn't for you guys. I wouldn't have started self-filming myself if it wasn't for you guys. Just just seeing what you guys do, just to be able to if, – if, if I just get one thing out of it, to be able to look back in 10 years and be like, man, I remember that hunt. Then that's that's all that matters. So, pat your pat, pat yourself on the back and pat Dave on the back too, because you guys are doing a lot for for the hunting industry out there. That's great. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I we've had a couple different people reach out and say that they wouldn't have gone out of state or that they were in a different like mental state before they found some of the stuff. And I mean, it's so humbling, and it's I, I it's. I, it's just I don't know. It's one of those things that is about brings you to tears sometimes with the people that seem to be really moved by what we've done, and we've just all I think he really set out to do, and I followed along to do is to help people genuinely love the outdoors and to appreciate the little moments of it. There's so many people that just that they want to beat their chest because they kill an animal. They're, they're doing it for, to me, it seems like the wrong reason. Yep. Um, and I, we never wanted it to be that we, we wanted them to get out and see the world to appreciate this country for what it has to offer, how blessed we are to live 
here and get to do what we get to do. Uh, and I hope we keep motivating people to get out and do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I don't turkey hunt, and I watch y'all stuff, and I don't like watching turkey hunting. I'll be the first to admit I'm, I could care less about it, but I go on, and when Nick turned me on to you guys, and you got to go in there and check it out, and I've I've watched nearly every episode, and I told told Dave I even watched his. I loved his deer hunting out of the saddle and everything else, but the turkey hunting side of it, the way it's the way it's portrayed, is a real moment. It's not something that's fake yeah. and produced and over drama and everything else. What you're seeing now, there's drama in it, and that, but it's real. It's a real moment that happens, and y'all are capturing that. And I think that's mm-hmm. the difference in in a lot of what you're doing now. It's it's not fake it's not made up there's not nine thousand sponsors on there screaming out hey go use this i get more i get more out of the hunt from you guys than i do just the kill Mm -hmm. i mean the kill yeah i mean i mean we we you know we know what's gonna happen if you pull the trigger most of the time but just the leading up to it and what it takes and like most people are not going to get out there and do what you guys do and sacrifice the places you stay or sleep or walk or walking out there to take that picture at the last second when they could just be they could have had that bird in the cooler already and be back at the bar drinking or whatever they want to do you know um people's not on to the next state exactly a lot of people do now they they get a hunting license and they go and they they go to a place that somebody is depend for them and they just they go out there they shoot a turkey they throw it in their truck and then they go on to the next state because they want to achieve this dream of like killing a 49 state slam and i don't mean to not that that's an impressive thing for sure sure but like you i guarantee you, you talk to any of these old not dave per se but any of the old members that have done it it's like they can tell you so much probably even just about the scenery of where they were when they did you know there's everything there's so much that they took in and like i joke on one on my my one of my instagram posts about it but like you miss out on such good food across the country yeah. <laughs> if you don't slow down and just enjoy it and smell the roses and just throw the bird in the back of the truck and move on to the next place. And I, I don't mean to knock anybody. You hunt how you want to hunt and what you've got time to hunt. You do you. But it's, um, I just, we want people to be really relishing in those moments. It's, you don't get those year round. You don't get those every day. Like, soak them in when they come. Well, we always often use this. I mean, we don't take his line, but he used it on our podcast. Dave told us to take a take a um take a drink, drink a drink, sip. not a sip. And I don't know why y'all don't have a t shirt out yet that says that. <laughs> if y'all but, don't, it's yeah, good. Y'all, y'all, y'all need, need to get, get a t shirt with that on there because we always say that. You know, we we went out to South Dakota a few weeks ago, and and not to keep harping on it, but we went out there, and I just felt like I was rushed through it, and I just didn't take my time and really take it in. Even though I had a good time, I just didn't really take it in. I was too worried about killing a bird instead of actually enjoying it. So that then that goes yeah. back, you know, Alex beats it in my head. Well, you didn't slow down and take a drink. You took a sip yeah. and left. So, um, but you yeah. did in Maine. I, I did in I, Maine. You did. You did yeah. take that to Maine with you. Yeah. And I, you did. You took. You you took the time to enjoy yeah. it out there. That's right. Yeah, that's great. And I, like I've been. Uh, I can relate. I went to Louisiana a couple years ago, and I actually went twice and didn't come home with a turkey. It it whooped me out there, and uh, but you know what? I ate crawfish. I came back with some boudin, and and I, I visited some friends along the way and shared the turkey woods with them. And um, it's something I'll always remember. And Louisiana's on my list. I'll be back. So. Do you? Are you doing the forty nine? 
I wouldn't say I'm like going after the 49. Like it's not like a established goal per se. I just, I like to hunt turkeys. I don't really, I'm not overly particular in where Dave goes different places every year. I'll go along with him. I pick different places I want to go because me in the wildlife field, I've got friends literally all over the country in the wildlife field that know where turkeys are and are willing to work, you know, hunt with me or, uh, or even just give me some information from where they used to live or whatever, just like help me out along the way to kind of point me in the directions I needed to go or not go. And so it's, um, once again, it kind of sounds overly patriotic, but I just love this country. So uh, eventually it'd be cool to have a state slam but more than anything i just want to hunt turkeys in memorable places i'm like you i I just now that i've started doing it i just want to go to different states just to see what different things have to offer to me that's Mm -hmm. the best way for me to travel um my wife my wife doesn't turkey hunt but it's the best way for me to get out and see different parts of the country something that i can enjoy doing yeah um you made mention of working in the wildlife field and through your conservation efforts and working in that, Courtney, what's been the biggest challenge that you've seen in recent, you know, history of, about what's going on in the country as far as conservation and, you know, what's, what's been the biggest struggle as, as far as getting to people and getting them to understand the conservation side of it? Oh man, right now we're kind of in a good little heyday of it. Um, we've actually got, I think that now, half half attributed to people who get out there and do positive things in the outdoors and put it on social media and half to our agencies and stuff out there putting that well, there are three programs and things I think that we've really put a we've revamped hunting as a as a as a I don't know if you want to call it a hobby whatever we've as revamped it and made it yeah as a sport we've made it more attractive again thankfully but it's still failing in so many places and it's scary and that's that's why a lot of people get mad about saying that youtube hunters ruin places and i think sure you don't want them to be sharing a specific location because that area ecologically may not be able to handle the hunting pressure if somebody drops the name of a location when they're when they're doing it but i think that it's important to continue sharing and positive experience in the hunting world or else you're going to end up on a slippery slope like you have out in, uh, I think it was New Mexico that just recently passed a bill where you're no longer allowed to trap on public land. Well, Arizona just banned trail cameras. Was that Arizona? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, back a couple months ago, even North Carolina had somebody proposing, and, and I don't think it ever made it anywhere in North Carolina, but I think you have people banning trapping in different places across the country i think california has done some of it and stuff and it wasn't that long ago that a lot that that a decent number of people trapped well when the fur market was up and before it made it uh, you know such a non uh popular thing for people to wear fur or use fur or anything they they demolished that market through you know anti-conservation efforts and look where it's got us with the raccoon population exploding. I mean, ours is out of control here in Georgia. It's, mm-hmm. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. It's blowing up day and night. Coyotes. Yeah. And they tried to ban coyote, you know, hunting for a for a competition in West Virginia. They had that bill up, and I don't know if it passed or not. I've got buddies up there, and if they continue down, like you said, that slippery slope, they're going to get to the point where 
the conservation efforts are not going to be the only thing that stop it. If it's not for hunters, we're going to be in a dire need in this country. Yeah, and it's not unfathomable to think that we wouldn't have, you know, in our lifetime, a not have or be fighting for our hunting season. Um, and it's it's just scary to think about. So I mean, it's ne- it's going to be a never ending battle, no matter who comes after us or whatever. But it's going to be a never-ending battle, but it's something to consider. And um, to me, you just got to get these people who live in places that do not have really wildlife. I, I wish that they could come out to my home turf and see it a little bit. There's got to be better ways to portray that or convey that to them. And so I think that, in a way, social media is in it because there's a lot of states that have now their hunting license have increased and a lot of it is new hunters yep. and because they've and, and part of it is that kind of which is blows my mind because i've ate deer meat and stuff my whole life but the locavore movement where you've got people who are um just wanting to know where their meat comes from well, you know and that hunting license increases i was talking to a conservation officer back last year when we were out of state and he said that the license sales had went down in that in that state to it was one of the reasons for increasing it they had to have more and so you you, you it's a catch-22 you have less people into hunting so you have less crowded areas but your hunting license go up or you have more people in there and you have less game to take and it's a less desirable area so it's got to be a, a checks and balances in it and you don't want to overprice mm-hmm. it but you don't want to have it where I'll be honest with you I don't mind paying the prices to go out of state to hunt because I know what the resources are that are outside yeah. of Georgia, and you do as well because you've been there. I mean, you hunted in yeah. Georgia your whole life. You know a Georgia's – it's a target-rich environment if you're hunting 100-inch deer or, you know, people come here to hunt turkeys. I know this is a, is a big state for that, but it's getting to the point where we're going to have to find that check and balance somewhere, and there's going to have to be a fine line that's made. Georgia's cheap compared to other states. Licenses. You're right. You're right about that. Yep, for sure. Yep, there's always going to be – uh, even with hunters, you got to be careful of getting to where you have too many for the public land that you have available. It's we're we're a population of something just like a deer population or a coyote population or anything else. And if we get too many on the landscape, then it's going to teeter that scale one way or another. And uh, so, yeah, it needs to be something that's always needs to be paid attention to. It's, it's one of those things that it's like ideal situation would be having everybody buying a hunting license all across the country but only like some of them hunting like these people just support conservation <laughs> so they buy their hunt you know what i'm saying yeah it's like well, why not? Uh, they're all well, they're they, all good with hunting but i, I thought they'd done that for hikers and stuff though they don't charge them for a hunting license they don't no, but they just let them use our yeah, access they to can our go public. they could go right to the same public land that me and you go to and deer hunt turkey hunt and everything else and ride a bicycle and never pay nothing and then bitch and gripe because me and you's out there deer hunting <laughs> and we're the ones that paid for it right yeah, and so there's some states now that they're allowing, like, recreation riders and stuff out there, and they're yep. charging them, and it's adding to it. But it's, once again, I'm looking at this just playing devil's advocate here. Uh, you, you put somebody in there putting money in. Well, are there more of them than there are hunters? Because if so, when a decision comes up about what to do with a piece of public land, and there's more of the the riders, the four-wheeler and jeep riders uh, in that particular area than there are hunters, then if it were to be a vote of some sort, then 
that could sway decisions to be made and unfavorably for the hunting. You know, there's just things that you need to always be thinking about what that could bring with it. Look, um, that's just how, that's how I'm trying to think. Uh, anyway. Hey, that's the same way as us. And you can look at that happening right here in Georgia, the Silver Comet Trail, when it came through over there around Paulden County and all, and that was out, you know, kind of your way and in between yep, us. And yep. when it came out, they lost part. The state gave part of that Silver Comet Trail land that was huntable at the time. It wasn't a big track, but it was a huntable piece of property that turned over to recreational use. So these people that live in these townhomes and everything could go out there and walk along the walking trails and everything. And then they're complaining about their dogs being attacked by coyotes and stuff. But guess what? Me as a conservationist and a hunter can't go out there and do anything about it. And so you, you, they mm-hmm. all want, they want their cake and they, they want to have their cake and eat it too. Uh-huh. And, and complain yep. about us when for the last hundred years, if it wasn't for us, it wouldn't have been anything. And that's what, that drives me crazy when I go, I, I am all for people getting into the outdoors and hiking. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I get far enough yeah. off a trail on a public ground that you're not going to see me anyway. But if I come dragging yeah. a deer out, don't stop me and tell me I'm doing wrong when I'm the one that paid for them to have to be able to walk there. That drives yeah. us crazy. I mean, that drives me up the wall. <laughs> I mean, it, it fires me up. Alex done got red-faced <laughs> over here, Courtney. <laughs> yeah, I can I can relate to that, no doubt. Like, going to some of these states and people are looking at you funny because you walk in and camouflage. It's like, shoot, I can walk into Linda's on a Saturday morning in November and bring up Martin and uh, get me a biscuit and half the restaurant's going to be in camouflage, you know? <laughs> That's right. And, and, um, and I think that comes with the culture of the country, you know, as great as the country is, we as hunters have to do a better job of portraying our stories the way that we we want them to be. Yes, and yes, very much so. You know, not the not to toot his horn because we you know we've watched him and stuff. But Steve Vernella, he does a really good job of treating that white collar person as a non-understanding mm-hmm. person, and he delivers it so they can understand. This is why our passion is. Don't be it. Don't be a jerk about it. If somebody says something to you about a deer, either pass it on and let it go off your back, or explain to them why you did that. And I promise, ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time, I've had those conversations. They get out of it understanding. Well, I see your side of it. There, they may not want to do that, but they're going to leave understanding my side of it, or they won't leave with anything out of me at all. I'll just walk away. Yep. Here's a question yep, that came. I'd... Go ahead, Courtney. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, and I welcome those conversations because as somebody in the wildlife field, it's like I'm trained to defend our, just defend the conservation, you know? And so it's one of those things that as soon as somebody has something to say, I am ready to have that conversation. It's like I've got a pre-made script in my head ready for it, but... Well, let, hey, I'll roll. tell you what, you need to get you need to get out and make you a video for these country folks to be able to do that because you speak like we do. Now, Ranella, he's a he's more of a city guy. He ain't quite got that twang that we got. And we could you could yeah, these folks real. would understand it a little better instead of oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Get the hell away from me. You I, yeah, we yeah. just gave them all kinds of content. You're gonna have to make one now. I, yeah, yeah. It, here's a question. I just it just come to me when you guys talking about that. Just just me going this year, I went to South Dakota turkey hunting, and I went to Maine. Both mm-hmm. of those states, those people were welcoming welcoming us in there. They were, hey, have you seen turkeys? Go down here and hunt so-and-so. They were so nice. And mm-hmm. and I just feel like a lot of times you don't even get that up here where we live in Georgia. Yeah. The states that you've been to, 
turkey hunting. Now we I deer hunting, so does Alex up in Illinois. And those people are super nice the same way. Is there states that you prefer over other ones that you've turkey hunted for that same reason? Uh, or does any of them stand out that you maybe not want to go back to because of the way people are? No, there's none that I don't want to go back to. Uh, I haven't been to, I've heard stories about some of the New England states, mm-hmm. um, but it's been one of those things that I hadn't experienced it for myself. I'm sorry if you just heard that running around Dooley. Dave obviously listened to my instructions and cleaned off the turkey legs, and now I hear my dog crunching on something. <laughs> so Dave just ran in there. And also, my dog just got bit by a copperhead yesterday, so we were oh, trying no. to keep him. Yeah, we're trying to keep him in line, but anyway, back to the story. Um, yeah, so I would say there's not any that I, I would avoid for that reason. There's definitely states that I want to go to for that reason, and I think there's a little bit of relation to um, the population of people there for sure. Like so the Southeast, while it's game rich, there's still a lot of people there and there's probably a lot of people that bug people about getting to hunt places and stuff. So it's a little bit annoying, but some of these more rural parts of the country that are still game rich or even rural parts of the country where that's not their thing. So for example, when I was in Texas at the time, uh, it was easy to get access to hunt grains on because a lot of those farmers, it's super rural area. We would go out and say, Hey, do you care if we hunt grains? And they're like, grains? Huh, sure, whatever. Like they don't, right. it was just something they didn't really put much thought in. Now it's all leased up to outfitters and stuff like that. But back then, the things that they were really thinking about that they would ask for money for would be things like quail or deer or pheasant things that they like that part of the country values and so there's definitely parts of the country that i say i would choose to go to over others because they don't maybe prioritize turkeys um and don't mind if you hunt and it's also rural so they don't have too many people knocking on their doors buzzing them about it well i think the biggest thing with me saying that is and we brought that up on earlier podcasts there's more there's better people out there in this world than the media believe leaves us to believe and whether yeah. whether we're from georgia or alabama and we go to these other states hunting people are welcoming welcoming help me out <laughs> welcoming us <laughs> yeah, in. yeah they are yeah. They, their their yeah. arms are open and they want us to come in and and, and they're happy to help everybody we ran yeah. into in maine even in the gas stations they were like mm-hmm. hey come over to my sister's house come over to my cousin's house it's, yeah it, you just don't you don't think that because i guess sometimes you can be in a bubble and I think, mm-hmm. speaking for myself, some people need to get out of those bubbles, and I needed to to see that. Yeah. But there's good all across this world. Yep, absolutely. It's uh, it's very eye opening because when you, it, I have so many friends who are just like still just hiding in their homes and not going anywhere or doing anything or living their life, and they're just keeping the news on, and it's it's all bad things, and it just. I, I just want to shake them and say, "Hey, come tur- come on, turkey hunting trip." <laughs> yeah, because from the people you meet at the gas station to the people who just come and chat you up at the local, uh, you know, wherever you may go, the local uh, breakfast joint or anything like that, you you just run into these great people all across the country, and they may not talk like this like us, <laughs> but they've got they've got their own form of southern hospitality. So the, the first every gas station restaurant we went into in Maine. The first thing somebody looked at us said, y'all are not from here. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Before you even said before, anything. Yeah. No, just as soon as I said, 
hire y'all or even held the door for them, I think. But, um, yeah, Courtney, I know we're running this a little bit long, a little bit long. I got a few more questions real quick, but you can, you're good. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good. So the, uh, forgive me. I don't know. It, was it an Alabama bird that you killed the multiple beer? Bar, God dang. I can't speak tonight. Multiple bearded, bearded bird. bird. <laughs> was yes. that, that was yep. an Alabama. Was that also the Arizona bird? Uh, was it also the Arizona bird? No, no. I'm saying, was it also did, did that one you killed yeah. in Arizona? Did it have a multiple beard? Yeah. Oh no, no. Okay, so just yeah. the just the one in Alabama. Yep. And it had five, correct? It did. It had five. That's awesome. You it ever killed incredible. one with multiple beard? I killed one with two. Two. Has Dave killed one with five? He has not. So. <laughs> put, put one in the old that. pump station. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was funny because he said, I hadn't killed a bird with five beers. And so, because uh, I got there and got to counting once I looked at the bird and uh, it was it was just funny because I'm like, wait, how many more? It's like, pull, you know, the clowns where they pull the ribbon out of their hat or whatever it is. It just kind of keeps them. And I was counting those beards. It's like, how many of these things are there going to be? Did you rub that <laughs> in any? Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, you got to. So. Yeah. Got to keep. Got to keep them honest. What did you think? I believe it was last year, year before. I don't remember when that bird that you killed in Florida came across that water. Told you. you. What? <laughs> Told you because Dave uh, had Dave and I had had a conversation just before that. I think he briefly shows it in the video. Um, and I was like, I think we need to go over there and yeah. hunt it. And he was wanting to go another way. I was like, I think he'll come through that. And he was like, I don't think he will. And in his defense, he thought the water was deeper than it was through a lot of it. But, I mean. It was still bird, pretty deep for a turkey to come across. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, if we weren't in Florida, if we were in Alabama hunting that turkey, I'd have been like, nope, we're going to have to figure out where he's going to land because it ain't going to be here. But um, in South Florida, you know, they're just more tolerant of that 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 water everywhere so anyway yeah that bird uh i heard it i can't remember if i heard it or saw it fly down but i just remember i knew when it flew down that it was coming that way and that it was going to be coming through that water and you could hear it just yeah you could hear you know, it you could hear steps. it on the video coming through it yeah and i yeah. was i was like somebody asked me the other day do you think a bird will come through water and i said well if you go watch so and so episode you can watch one walk right through it and um it's yeah. unreal just to think that all those snakes and everything are down there. But. Well, it's it's crazy because that's another cool thing about going to other parts of the country. You think you know how to hunt turkeys and what they will and won't do, and then you go somewhere and it's like turkey would not do this at home, right. and then here it goes, or it'll come weaving its head through like a jungle down there. And it's like a bird wouldn't be using that up in Alabama, Lord no. Um, and 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 like out west, there's certain things that they do and what they can hear and how they call a little bit different and respond. And it's like this would not work at home, like. The goblin that you hear in the evening, I don't. I, I usually do not roost birds unless I know roughly where he's flying up, and I think I'm gonna be able to hear him fly up. I don't expect to hear a gobble on a bird in Alabama. To, I'm not confident enough to go roost them thinking that way. But like out in Texas or some of the places we've hunted Merriams, absolutely. Um, and so it's that's another cool thing about getting to hunt different parts of the country and getting to see how different they act. Just because you know their terrain, their home turf. Well, with that being said, do you have a favorite state? Mm, it's probably Alabama or Florida. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's just because I think uh, I think it's kind of not that Georgia's not home. I've just got in my mind the places that I've got to hunt them in Alabama. I've really really enjoyed and um, these mountain birds are something else. They're always so challenging and fun to hunt. And you think they're on this way, and then they're on another mountain just about it the way these mountains turn. And I think I think it all goes back to the challenge. And and I have to think that part of my love for South Florida comes from that being the first out of state well I say that back Texas was my first out of state turkey but my second out of state turkey it was one of those first ones the first out of state turkey I killed with Dave was in Florida and I think that's why it's always been important to me gotcha so what's next Mm -hmm. for what's next for you you got anything any big plans this summer or this uh, fall not particularly, I don't think. I think we've got a uh, pretty low-key summer. We play a lot of catch-up, mowing the grass and things <laughs> like that. And uh, my, we, I'm going to go to the beach for a little bit of time. And before I know it, it'll be, uh, of course, work. There's plenty of work this time of year. This is when you kill all the invasives and things like that. But then uh, before you know it, it'll be a hunting season again. And I always try to find somewhere to be on opening day dove season, so. That'll yeah. be the next uh, next thing to be looking forward to. Gotcha. So you don't you said you didn't get out and deer hunt much nowadays, correct? Not really, but I I say that, but there, I probably still hunt more than a lot of people do. It's it's just not something that I I don't get overly crazy excited about it. I go probably twenty times a season. Um, and I do, I do like early season bow hunting a lot and that's just because they're still pretty patternable around here and around home. Uh, but that's, so I do that. And then later season, I'll go and shoot a couple of nanny does or something. To, <laughs> what to what kind of, what kind of bow do you and Dave shoot? Dave, what are you shooting now, Dave? He's sitting right here now. He shoots a PSE carbon air. Gotcha. And I got a Matthews Chill um, SDX. Yeah, I was trying to remember. I knew okay. it. I didn't want to say SXD, SBX. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's um, it's been a great little bow. I've had it for a couple of years, and it's it's funny because every time I take it in somewhere, somebody tries to buy it off of me because they know some small person who wants a bow, and it's a it's a pretty good setup. <laughs> I can't wait to start watching Dave hammer some deer out of that saddle. I love watching him deer hunt. He is trying to get him to go deer hunt. Is like turning, twisting his arms sometimes. Like usually, this is how the conversations go. He goes and deer hunts a couple times. He's like, "Why don't you just go kill a couple deer with your with your rifle? You just go shoot a couple deer." Let me let me rephrase what I said. "Mm, I cannot wait to start watching Courtney kill some deer this fall. There you go. There you go. Right. Hey, Courtney, as we're wrapping up here, um, you got a piece of advice you'd give with somebody like coming up in the outdoor world or something? Uh, in terms of the industry or just in Not terms of hunting? Anything. I mean, just a piece of advice maybe you use each and every time you go out in the woods. How about that? Yeah. Um, I'd say stay genuine and don't stay true to yourself and don't do things that are when it comes to the to actually shooting the animal don't do anything that's because you feel there's so many things that pressure people to feel like they need to do something and prove it something or they've been hunting and their friends know it and they just whatever 
please just practice, do what you need to do to make sure you're, you're, you're doing stuff that you're comfortable doing in the outdoors because it doesn't need to be something that's, I think a lot of people go out and they push themselves really hard right off the get go and they're still learning. And it, it sometimes it, it's so frustrating that you're not overly successful at the beginning. So um, just stay true to yourself and do things that are comfortable to start off with. Good deal. Um, yeah. Last, last off from me, what are you most thankful for? Oh man. Well, currently I'm most thankful that my dog is still alive after the, Copperhead bike yesterday, um, but I, I'm just I'm thankful for my life and my blessings. Like I am just been blessed so much, and I, I see so many people out there struggling with different things right now. And it's uh, I, I've got good health. I've got uh, the Lord has just blessed me more than I know what to do with sometimes, and I'm 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 eternally grateful to Him for that. Amen. Yeah. Well, Courtney, I really do appreciate you taking my message and coming on. You know, I didn't want to – I told Dave back when we'd done the podcast with him that I wanted to get you on, and I, I didn't want to bug you guys through uh, turkey season, but I wanted to hit you up when it was over. And um, I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on here for us. And, and I, hope you had a, I hope you had a blast. I hope you, um, I hope it was fun for yeah, you. Yeah, y'all are. <laughs> y'all are fun to talk to, for what, sure. What is, I, I, like I said, I was awkward. I <laughs> Just clip out all the awkward parts because I don't know what I'm doing. They want no awkward parts at all. Only, only me, <laughs> tongue tied over here. Uh, <laughs> get, what is a uh, ask Dave to rate you on that podcast one to ten? How you done? How <laughs> <laughs> to do? He said he didn't hear enough. He's about okay. to go back and listen. Well, that'd be yeah. good. Um, I've had him doing. I've had him cooking. So you know, we just had to step it up today. <laughs> well, I, I really do appreciate it. Thanks. Um, like I said earlier on thank again thank you guys again for everything that you guys put out and just continue to do it and um that's all i got alex hey uh courtney we definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on and be with us it's been a it's been just like i expected it to be after watching you on the on tv and on youtube and everything else you're genuine just like just like dave is and just like we are and, and it's something that we enjoy talking to as folks like uh like y'all and what y'all continue to do out there is uh it's gonna be something really exciting to see for the future. We wish you all the best of luck and um over at the Penhody Project, you can find them on YouTube. You can find uh anything about it on Carbon TV. Look them up. They've got some great footage on there. You can check out Instagram, Courtney, and it's C O U R T E N A Y underscore yep. Conring. C O N R I N G. You can go over and check out the amazing uh Amazing content there. Um, and uh, do you got anybody you want to shout out to before we let you go? Uh, no, I don't think so. We'll just leave it at that. So yeah. Maybe Dave. Dave for <laughs> cooking supper, so I'm not hangry when we get done. So we'll go with that. a boy. And also over yeah. on the Mossy Oak Go app, too. Yep. You, you guys can find yep. all that stuff. So it's been a, it's been an honor to have you on and um, hearing Dave in the background and tell him that we will – I want to get him up for a recap. I don't know how much he can go over, but we may have to catch him one day when he's up there at the library trying to download those files because he told us he couldn't get no internet out there. Yeah, yeah. I got him living out in the boondocks. He said he had to pump sunshine out there. He said they didn't even know Elvis was dead out there. Yep, yep. That's the truth. That's the truth. Uh, Well, thank you very much, Courtney, and enjoy your your evening, and uh, we look forward to watching uh, this whole season unfold on all the platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. 
right. Thank you for having me. It's thank, been great. Thanks, Courtney. Bye-bye. Yep, bye. All right, everybody. Uh, that was an amazing episode with it Courtney was. Conring I enjoyed from uh, the Penhody Project. You know, we continue to say that when we're talking about the Penhody Project, the way they deliver themselves and the way they bring out quality content that everybody can relate to. You know, that's the common theme with them. They can continue to deliver content that we can all relate to. And some some of the conversations I've had this week and, and over the last week has been based around people judging folks on what they do. And, you know, we all make the, the mistake of putting ourselves out there on social media and whether it be on a podcast, on YouTube, any of the videos and stuff we do. And there's always going to be those naysayers. There's always going to be people that continue to find bad in anything that we do. Um, they're not going to like everything that I do as a deer hunter or that you do as a turkey hunter, that we do as fishermen or whatever it may be. And they're going to find those things and they're going to pick at you. And they're going to try to make you not want to do those things because it's negative to them. Sure. And, you know, it's it's sad that that's the case that we have to pitch ourselves at. But And it puts people in a place where they don't want to do something because they're afraid what somebody else will say. Yeah, and, and what's bad about that is is people change their narrative and their direction based on those judgments. We ain't doing that here. Me and you is going to continue to do what we do based on what our beliefs are and based on the people we surround ourselves with. We continue to build this platform on a basis that we're going to do what we believe in. We're going to back people like SWI that we believe in their products. We're going to build relationships with people that we believe in for uh, food plots or, or whatever it may be. And we're doing that stuff based on change or based on trying it. We're not somebody... How many calls do we get weekly of people saying, "Hey, we want you to try this product," and I'm like, "Nah, we don't. We're not interested in that yeah. because we don't believe in it." That's right. And I think a lot of times people get behind stuff that they don't believe in, and just for a dollar. And I, I'm telling you right now, and you and I both agree on this: we we ain't to be bought. We'll not That's be right. bought. That's I right. mean, it's you know, and it's going to be a fun thing for us to continue to grow in. And um, I just I just enjoy their their whole vibe. They got a vibe about them that's. Hey man, it makes it it makes it something that it's just neat, and and I'm I'm well, they're excited. right here next to they're right here, born and raised right here close to us, and they just they just feel like family, you know. Well, let's went right back to what we said about the KT team. You know, we continue to to speak on them, and we can we will continue to speak on them. If it wasn't for Dave, we would have never made that's that right. you know relationship there with uh, with Carrie and Jason, and and that's something that we're excited for the future with. Um, can't wait to see where they go, and I can't see, wait to see what Dave uh, Dave does for the future. And Courtney, I mean, she's hey, she's not an and she's the Courtney Conring. I mean, that's she's right. making a name for herself that's going to continue to be successful. And hats off to them. I'm I'm excited to see their future. Got me fired up. Woo! Got me fired up again about <laughs> little turkey hunting, son. <laughs> As it's winding down here, I, I was that was a fun episode to me, and I, I really enjoyed them coming on and just telling everything about the Penhody Project and about her growing up. And I know that means a lot to her. Yeah. Um. I wanted her, like I told her on the phone before we started, I wanted her to be able to tell her story because so many people just see her out there hunting. And she well, has, they see her with Dave, and, and this this is something that I took from that. All right. 
She was a hunter before Dave. Exactly. She was going to be a hunter while she's with Dave. And she can go out on her own and kill right. you know, game. She can handle herself. That's right. And a lot of these social media influencers, they jump out there and they're, you know, throw a bikini on and go fishing. And, oh, and they get 10 million followers out of it just because they want to see that. That ain't her. She's that's a right. good old country girl that's out that's there right. doing exactly what she wants to do and be in the wildlife, be in the outdoors. Continue to, and I, I, I'd like to put her against anybody out there dressing a dressing a game. I bet she can. I bet she can skin a deer. It. I bet she can run a trot line. I mean, I bet she could do it all. And I mean, it's that's cool because I'm telling you what, there's a there's a plethora of country girls out there that are doing exactly what she's doing and doing it the right way. That's right. And I'm glad to see that. So, what else you got? That's it. Hey, uh, you know, it's been a great episode. And I'm thankful for it. And uh, I'm, gonna just, to, I'm gonna try them turkey legs in that crock pot though for put your little Mexican season on there. Put nine in some hours tacos. in a sealed top pressure cooker. You wind up with a dang stove <laughs> blown up with a pressure cooker. <laughs> Cook it with a pressure cooker and it won't steam out. So y'all, y'all go watch Penhody Project over on uh, YouTube. Mossy Oak go out and they got all five seasons. He's he's continuing to put out each episode. They just dropped one with Courtney on there. So you guys go. Enjoy that. Um, watch the ones with the KT team and just continue to support them, support us, and thank y'all. Yeah. If you've got any ideas that you hear this episode that you want to do an episode on or hear us do an episode on with somebody that may be available, we fixing to get on a plane, fly out west yeah, again, Nick, pick our old buddy out there up. I ain't going to drop stop, his name. We got to stop and get our good buddy Watson, though. He was – Yeah, he's coming back in. Today. Yeah, and I'm sure I hate he missed this one. I think he would have really enjoyed it. Sure. It's been a been a fun one, and I, I can't wait to see what the future holds for us all. And, you know, as I said earlier, be a little mindful when you're, when you're seeing some of the stuff that's out there on social media, how your comments can be portrayed, and – uh be be thinking about everybody's opinion. Everybody's opinion matters in a lot of ways. And as uh, as Nick said early on, slow down a little bit. Dave said it best. Take a drink, not a sip, and enjoy every bit of it you can. So for everybody here at Talk About It Outdoors, we want to thank you for being with us tonight. Come back and be with us again next time. And we want to remind you to smile as you go, and don't forget, mount the memories. <laughs>